You're listening to Ask the Expert on Sprott Money News. Welcome back to part number two of the Sprott Money News Ask the Expert segment for December 2019. Our expert this month is Eric Sprott himself. Back in part number one, we discussed a whole bunch of gold mining companies, gold exploration names, names that were sent in by you, the listeners and the customers of Sprott Money. In part number two, we're going to ask Eric to take a look at a list of names in the silver mining sector, as well as some of the base and industrial metals. So, Eric, welcome back. And again, thanks for your time. Happy to be here. And of course, I love silver, so that should be interesting. You know, I, one thing we've been talking about in our weekly wrap-ups is how the 100-ounce silver bars that we have at Sprout Money have just been flying off the shelves. Of course, they're marked pretty well, just a little bit over uh, spot, and so they're a great deal. But I know you're seeing great demand for silver. We've seen great demand for silver around the globe. Right, let's start there. I'm sure you've got some thoughts on silver as we head into 2020. Well, of course, we saw some investment demand when uh, silver had its rally. We saw the most stunning numbers coming out of uh, India in terms of them buying large, large, large tonnage of silver. And I think they continue to do it. And I think the reason they bought it is because gold kind of ran in front of silver. And, you know, they do it for as money there. And they're very uh, price conscious, very price conscious. In fact, I think one of the great things that's happening in gold right now is the Indians have come back in to buy it here, okay? The price went from fifteen fifty to fourteen fifty, and I think the Indian market came alive again. So I think there's there's and and by the way, when when the interest in India changes to the extent it did, it's not. I don't. I think there's some big buyers there, like there's big guys putting it away. And as you might know, um, Ted Butler is suggesting, and others, I think Alistair McLeod has written on this that uh, there's some thought that uh, there's a whale in the silver market here. Some institutions that are deciding that it's going to load it up here and, you know, maybe pull a, uh, a bunker hunt on the silver market. And, of course, it takes no money. There's no hardly any money in silver. We produce, uh, we mine about 900 million ounces a year, which is nothing, you know, not even, what is it? $18 billion, $18 yeah. billion. I mean, it's nothing, no money whatsoever. So um, it looks, it, both metals look like they want to run here. And maybe the banks are just holding the prices down for the books for year end and bonuses. Let's not forget the bonuses, you know. That's by far the most important thing of why certain things trade at certain levels going into year end to get the bonuses. Just like we did before the great financial crisis when everyone earned all the bonuses on the subprime loans they were getting out and all the lending and give me the bonus look at how much money i'm making and boom gone so anyway the the market is what the market is but um, i think silver is showing all sorts of reasons and has done so for some some time here that just like the fact that palladium has run here because you know ultimately there was a shortage there was a yeah. physical shortage so the guys in the comics can't stop it anymore, okay? Right. And I'm hoping that silver will be the next metal in that category where they just can't stop it. And you can do all your pretending and, you know, flash crashes and all that stuff. But, you know, where somebody takes you up on and says, fine, just deliver, then uh, it's over. You, you can't play your games anymore. Plus, of course, we have the uh, the uh, legal Department of Justice involved in suing a number of J.P. Morgan traders 
and calling it, in fact, a criminal enterprise mm-hmm. in trading of metals, illegal and manipulating the metals market. So goodness knows where that goes. But for, for, gold, for silver to trade at $18, with gold trading at 1480 is the biggest joke of all time in, in analyzing where things should be on a worldly basis. It shouldn't be at $17, okay? Yeah. It, it should be like $80 or something. So I, I've speculated that this will happen. It will get a huge silver price increase. And, of course, I've purchased a lot of silver companies recently. Uh, just for that reason, I'm quite willing to buy a silver mining with uh, low-grade silver because it's low-grade at, at $17. But you know what? At $50, it's high-grade. <laughs> so it's, uh, there's lo- lots of opportunity in the silver space. And, and, and Eric, so much silver is mined as almost like a byproduct of other base metals, uh, copper and lead and zinc and that yeah. t- that sort of yeah. thing. When, when you're focusing, because you've been talking about this for months now on our weekly wrap-up segments each Friday, uh, when you're looking for silver companies to buy, I mean, are you primary looking? I mean, you're mainly looking for primary producers of silver, or I mean, do you mind looking at companies where you know they produce a lot of other base metal too? Well, I, I don't want the base metal to be disproportionate. Okay. So, for example, I saw a company yesterday, and somebody just brought it in to show it to me, and they were something like 65% base metals, and we're like all of five minutes into the meeting, say, so, you know what, guys, this is not going to go anywhere. I, I don't want to buy. I don't really want to buy a base metals company. I'm buying silver to get silver. So uh, it, it's got to be over at least 50% of the dollar value of the product for me to have an interest. And, of course, we'd really prefer if it was well above that. So, And it's hard to find those. It's, you know, right. it's hard to find the pure silver producer. There's, there's, quite often there's some base metals associated with you, copper, lead, or zinc, something like that. So they're hard to, the, the pure one's very hard to find. And as you mentioned, and we, as we've discussed, if the spigots get turned on of institutional money in 2020, um, oh. that's a lot of money looking for very few plays. Yeah, no, there's, it's it's hard to get money in that to the space, and it's, it's been that way for the last 30 years, believe it or not. You know, so if we get a run in uh, in the silver price here, God knows where these silver stocks are going to go, but it, it will not be little. All right, well, let's get into them. Uh, we've been collecting names. So again, the reason we're doing these this special Ask the Expert this month is we get so many names each uh, week of people asking Eric to comment, and we just simply can't get them all uh, or get to them all. And so we're in this uh, second segment for December. I've got three slides with five names each. Uh, Eric took a look at them all, but I'll only have comments on the ones that he actually knows. And so on this first slide... We've got five names, beginning with Alexco and running down to Exelon. I know you've got, you mentioned you have comments on Alexco, Discovery, yeah. and Exelon. And uh, Alexco, I'm an owner of Alexco. I'm a small owner. I don't even know what the percent is. Maybe it's two or three or four percent. Uh, great properties in the Northwest Territories, amongst the highest grade silver of any uh, mining company. Uh, they hope to bring it on soon. Um, that's this has kind of been going on for a while. Of course, the price of silver never helps, um, but I, I believe they do have a uh, hundred million of great ounces of silver. Um, they have uh, sold some, not sold for it, but they've given a, a, a royalty on a, a decent part of that, for which I sort of criticize them. 
uh, at, at a price of silver at $25, I think they lose 25% of their silver. So I haven't uh, added to my electrical position. Uh, stocks actually consolidated a little here. Uh, they just announced that they found some new um, new veins up there. It was an announcement, I think, in the last day or two. Uh, and, of course, they're always high-grade, like the kilogram of silver. So it's uh, it, it's a good company. It's it's not my favorite, um, simply because it's got a good market cap because it's been around for quite a while. So uh, Discovery, I uh, bought into recently, and basically my thesis was they say they have a billion-ounce equivalent silver. Um, it had like next to no market cap at the time. And... Uh, of course, if you got, if you, even if you don't have a billion, but you have five hundred million ounces, I'll be happy. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> because imagine the money you'd make if the price of silver went to fifty dollars, and we'd just be crazy. So I really like Discovery. It's probably one of the, the key holdings that I have for the silver price going up. Uh, next one is Exelon. I've held it for a long time. I think I own twenty-seven percent. Um, their mines in Mexico. It's very, very high grade. They've had some mining issues down there. Uh, they've had uh, a tentative exploration successes down there. Uh, nothing that's uh, caused the stock to, uh, to react so far. But I think they have great promise there. Typically, when you find these permanent replacement deposits, they're very high grade. Uh, it's a matter of time before you're going to find you know, more, more, or in that space. So I'm kind of hopeful that they will. Uh, they recently bought a, uh, a former mine in Germany. Now, wow, I've never, ever heard of a mine in Germany before. Uh, but it was an old silver mine that had tremendous grades. And, you know, these things sometimes just get lost. You know, they get shut down because of the war or whatever else. And maybe there's a fight over who owns it or the, the mines, uh, filled in with water and nobody wants to touch it. And then finally somebody comes along and says, you know, there should be some, should be lots of ore there, high grade ore. So Exelon has done that. And uh, I know they're very high on what they might find. And I find it rather exciting that they've done that. Uh, so I, I really, I, I like owning it. And uh, needless to say, a silver price goes up, they'll be in very, very good position. Okay. Moving on to the next slide. We've got first majestic fortuna, Great Panther, Impact Silver, and Kootenay. Which one of those would you like? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I said I wouldn't talk about First Majestic because I'm not an owner of it, although I'm certainly aware of it because it's, you know, probably the largest independent kind of uh, silver company around um, that's just dedicated to silver in Mexico. Uh, so I like the company. I like what they have. I know they've had some a pretty good success uh, getting their costs down. Um They've got great management. Uh, so it, it's a stock that anybody can have in their silver portfolio. Um, I'll mention Kootenay. I own that. Uh, rather modest market cap, $64 million. They have some uh, large silver resources in, uh, I think it's in, uh, oh, yeah, it's in, they call it the Columbia Project. I, I, I'm thinking it must, it's in Mexico. Um, they have, I think they have something like a hundred million ounces of resources of silver, uh, in Mexico. And again, for the market cap and the number of ounces, 
So that's a pretty good deal when you can buy your ounces for 60 cents an ounce uh, if our thesis on silver works out. And uh, I think there's lots of prospectivity on the property we visited, the company visited with us recently. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for them to find other things where they are. Okay. And on our final slide of uh, silver producers, you got five names here. And I think uh, just silver one is the one that you'd like to address. Well, you know, I could have. I, I know Silvercrest was on the list, okay, and yep. I would be. It would, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Silvercrest. I don't own it, which bothers me. <laughs> I missed it. It's been great. They've had stunning, stunning results uh, in their exploration program. Um, as I explained before, when I missed something, you know, that you could have bought at two or three, and it's now trading at nine. I tend not to to reach. As you know, I'm in the stealing business, right? <laughs> and uh, I just don't feel like I'm stealing in that, but I can guarantee you this. That is an excellent silver company. I mean, for institutions, they have to be looking at this company because uh, big things are going to happen there. It's just not one that I'm presently positioned in. Uh, silver One uh, is one that I bought. It's, it's a very small cap company. Uh, they, are, they have a large resource in Nevada. They have other properties in uh, Mexico. Uh, I, I bought it for the potential resource and the small market cap and the silver price going up. Uh, it's early days in my investment because I think I only made it about three or four months ago. Um, uh, Keith Newmeyer, who is uh, the CEO of First Majestic, uh, was on, I think, on the board or recommended it to me and basically uh, followed his lead. So uh, it, it should work out pretty well from here. And then lastly, it's not just silver and gold miners that we had some questions come in on. Also just some base metal and, and other product producers. And that's our final slide for you, Eric. The names range from Canada Cobalt Works all the way down to Trilogy Metals. Uh, is there one on this list you'd like to pick off? Well, the only one I'll mention, I'm, I'm aware of Canada Cobalt Works. I wasn't going to talk about that because... A certain group up here that recommends it all the time, and I read their their stuff. It's a group called Bull Market Run, uh, and they're pretty good. Uh, I haven't uh, gone there yet, but I know it sounds interesting from from the perspective that they describe. Um, but I do own Palladium One. I probably own it because uh, an old acquaintance of mine suggested I should maybe get involved, and I did. Uh, they get properties in uh, in Finland. Uh, that uh, perspective for uh, nickel, copper, uh, palladium, platinum, that sort of thing. Uh, Dr. Peter Lightfoot is involved. He's an expert in nickel. And, of course, by definition, uh, palladium and platinum, which is normally with nickel. Um, so, And they have some, some uh, potential uh, properties here in uh, Ontario. So it, it's uh, what I would call a punt. You know, you're hoping that, uh, and of course, palladium's done so well. I mean, we're almost through $2,000 on palladium. There's a shortage. So, yeah, I know it's, uh, it's uh, very exciting uh, what's gone on palladium. And, you know, if somebody could come up with some palladium, it, it would appear there's a shortage, so there should be a, a ready market for it. I would think so. Well, all right, my friend. Uh, that is the entire list that we have. As we go to wrap up, I mean, here it is late in the year. Uh, any other thoughts you'd like to add for precious metals investors? Well, uh, you know, I never thought much about this, but some guy was talking, mentioned in one of the chat lines, I read the chat lines, that, you know, maybe the tax loss selling season is over. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it typically is over some right around Christmas. Now, we only have three more, four more trading days, right? Right. So uh, if you're going to pick up something that's getting uh, pitched out for tax purposes, it's time to do it now because it, that will not happen after about uh, two or three days past Christmas would be the last day for tax law selling. So if you're going to take advantage of it, do it now. What can I say? I just hope that uh, gold and silver do what we hope they will do. But, you know, even if they don't do what we do, and uh, it doesn't always do what we do, but if you can find some stocks that work for you, right? you know, think of the outsized returns you can get on, you know, Kirkland that led the market for two years in Toronto as the best performing stock. And I don't know whether Walbridge might do it this year, but I know it would be somewhere in the running. But you can find things that uh, can can seriously outperform. And um, if the precious metals actually go, these these companies that are sitting on these potentially huge resources that would get immediately revalued significantly. And and I think of Discovery and Tudor and Teuton and uh, all the Brixton and companies like that that if they hit, they're not going to be little deposits. They'll be you know millions of ounces of deposits. So. Uh, that's where the opportunity lies. So hopefully some of our listeners will uh, have enjoyed the lab this year uh, and will enjoy next year. And of course, we'll, we'll always be in the hunt for something new. You never know what might come up next week in one of our podcasts. That's true too. And one last thing I might add, uh, the, this topic of tax loss selling was something that was addressed in last month's Ask the Expert, the, the uh, segment for November. The guest was Brent Cook who uh, is the head of a company called Exploration Insights. And he mentioned a few names that he's going to be watching here this month into tax loss selling. So I'd encourage everybody, go to the SprottMoney.com site, click on the Insights tab uh, in the navigation bar, scroll down to Ask the Expert, and you'll find the, uh, the segment from last month with Brent Cook. It's worth a listen as well. Eric, my friend, thank you so much for your time. It's been extraordinarily valuable, and I know your time is precious, so thank you, thank you, and all the best for a great holiday season. Okay, Craig, all the best to you, too. It was lots of fun. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening, and happy holidays. <laughs>